This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. Alrighty, welcome to another edition here of Reinvention Radio Live. On Clubhouse, and more specifically, live here in Club Pod. Super excited to have you guys here, hanging out with my friend Esprit, Esprit Devoris. It's going to be a very, very interesting conversation. Uh, the one who used to be the face, actually, of Clubhouse back in the day. Esprit, you got to tell me, is it is it upsetting at all that you are no longer the, the face of Clubhouse? Does that bother you even a little? Probably not. You, you, you have, like, no ego at all going on. <laughs> I think we all have an ego, but I think Bomani, um, a lot of people don't know Bomani, who's the face, and you should definitely follow Bomani X. He actually helped develop um, the culture of Clubhouse early on. He's been on that app for a really long time, and he has a room called um, the Cotton Club that happens Wednesday nights. And he, in the early days of Clubhouse, that was the jam that really he helped infuse the culture of what made us feel like a connective community and he creates an experience like no other. So mm-hmm. I think Bomani is a great pick for the face of the app and I'm really excited for him. Yeah. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with the spree, uh, women in tech is what WIT stands for. If you're like, what is WIT? Don't call women wits. That's not nice. No, it's not that. It's women in tech. So just, <laughs> just so we're clear on that. Um, can, can you step us back through though? I'm really curious, again, especially since we're doing all of these episodes live here on on Clubhouse, and as my people know, I am all in here on the channel. H- help us understand how did that actually happen? And you, you can keep it story. You, obviously, you can keep the story brief, and we'll try to get to a lot of questions and give you guys the opportunity to come up here as well. But how how did that happen? How did you actually become the face of, of, of Clubhouse? Honestly, I have no idea. I, it was um, a very serendipitous day. I actually shared uh, uh, the voice i happened to have the audio i happened to be recording myself when it happened and i posted the audio to my twitter so if you go to at esprit devora it's in my my tweet an audio i already i also included a medium post i'm happy to dm it to you so you don't have to look for it but it was um it was super serendipitous and i felt like the moment that i was notified i'd be the face of clubhouse i felt like all the community work that i had done my entire career it felt like I was being acknowledged in that moment. And so maybe it's just, you know, the spirits of championing podcasting and community worldwide, and they recognize that. I honestly have no idea how it happened, but I'm really grateful that it did. It's a, it's an amazing, it's been an amazing experience. Yeah. And so let, let's talk about your, your, your career kind of as a whole. I don't want to get too granular here because I know we only have you for a limited amount of time. Uh, and I want to try to get into things as, as as quickly and as deeply as we possibly can here. But I, I want people to understand when you talk about it being serendipitous and, and being you know, kind of a payoff for a lot of the work that you've been doing, the world of tech is something that is very near, very dear to your heart. I, I want people to understand, just, just give them a, a little bit of background in terms of why tech is so near and dear, and especially the, the whole movement of, of women in tech and, and your role as far as all that's concerned. Sure. I love, I love that question. So, okay. First off, my dad was an early adopter and I spent a lot of time, uh, on my father's computer in his home office so much so that my parents used to say, you know, what happens to little girls when they are in their father's office, that the office police come and they take daddies away. (laughs) 
because <laughs> I would just wow. like take my dad's computer at all times. So my dad was an early adopter and I was really influenced by by him. And um, and then as I as I got in, you know, older in high school, I wanted to start building my own site. And my dad and I would go to motocross events and we'd go to skateboarding events and all these cool things. So uh, one thing led to another and to make a, a longer story short, I built the first action sports social network, which was crazy. This is like when Tom was building MySpace and when, uh, and you know, Friendster was being taken out by MySpace. It was just, I got to sit at the park with Mark Zuckerberg and he was talking about how he was going to overtake MySpace with Facebook. I was like, you're crazy, dude. Like, it was just like wow. a wild time in my life. And, um, and it was a really defining time in my life. And I went ahead and I'm going to talk in a little bit. I know we're going to talk about how I raised money without connections for that action sports company. But jumping forward just a little bit, um, in building my company, it was a very isolating journey. I 100% deserved to win. I worked hard. I had so much spirit. I had the right heart behind it. A book that has really influenced me is The Alchemist. And a lesson in The Alchemist is if you believe in something with all your heart and soul, and you have good integrity behind it, the world will conspire to make that dream a reality. And so I thought that that was true. And, you know, that's a very complicated journey, but it's a journey that for me became very isolating and I didn't win the way I, I deserved to win at the time. And so later in my journey, and I know we'll jump back to talk about how I raise money, but later in my journey, when women in tech organizations started to pop up, like I just felt this core need to champion women. And I noticed that uh, in a lot of the conversations, it was how women are held back, how women can't do things and this and this and that. I'm like, that's weird. If I knew all this about statistics, I wouldn't have built the first action sports social network. I wouldn't have raised money. I wouldn't have met the world's biggest tech leaders. Like I didn't think, I thought the only person in my way was always me. And I still think that, that, that I'm my biggest enemy. And any self-limiting beliefs I have are my biggest enemy. So in 2015, I created the Women in Tech podcast. I started producing it in 2014. And um, I launched it with the core philosophy of if she can do it, so can I. And I wanted to show examples of amazing women from interns, young high schoolers, to women who have had their companies acquired for a bazillion million dollars on the resources they accessed and what they learned along the way to become who they are. And uh, I'm really proud of this show, but I hope that that's concise enough, but that's a, a short version of my story. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, and so let, let's talk about some of the, cause you have a little story I know you wanted to share as far as Sequoia is concerned. And, and this is something that you, you've talked about a little bit, but not a whole lot. Yeah. G- give us uh, the inside scoop there. So for those of you who are perhaps unfamiliar with Sequoia, uh, they are one of the largest venture capital firms on the planet. And yes. so an investment from Sequoia can really open up a lot of doors, right? So Completely. Yeah. So give, give us an understanding of, of, of that world. And then, and then I really do want to try to understand how you raised money, how much money you raised, and how you did this really with, with, with no connections as well. Sure. So 
it was crazy. It was a crazy time. So I was building, uh, I was building my action sports company and there was this small site called YouTube. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. And YouTube uh, was trying to figure themselves out. And this, this company called Sequoia Capital came in and they saved the day and YouTube was okay because Sequoia was behind it. I'm like, well, I wanna be in the same club that YouTube's in, so I'm gonna reach out to these Sequoia people. I didn't know what a venture capitalist was. I didn't know what anything was. I went to the Sequoia website. I r had read this like in an article you know, that, of what happened with YouTube. And so I looked at the Sequoia website. They had recommendations on how to write a business plan. They had recommendations on what to look for, all this stuff. So I followed their website, literally their .com. I followed everything they said on their .com, created my business plan from their website, did my, my whatever, whatever else that I needed to create from, from their website. I read through everybody's profile file and then i emailed i cold emailed everybody that i felt resonated with me if anybody didn't authentically resonate with me i did not contact them and of course naturally no one wrote back because who am i in this very big world and um so i decided that i was just gonna fly to san francisco and so i flew to san francisco with my <laughs> shoddy business plan in hand and i borrowed my friend's car at, in San Francisco and I drove to Silicon Valley and I'm sitting in the car sweating profusely talking to my business partner who was keeping his sweet full-time job so he didn't have to take the risks of an entrepreneur <laughs> and I'm thinking I'm out of my mind and I I go in and I think at this point I still didn't really know what a venture capitalist was I just was like these Sequoia people helped YouTube be successful and I deserve to win like YouTube right and so I walk I walked in and the secretary said hey uh like Hi. And I said, hey, I'm here for so-and-so. I'm purposely omitting the name. I'm here for so-and-so. And she said, is he expecting you? I said, well, I sent the email. Literally, you guys. I said, well, nice. I sent the email. And she, and she contacts this person and they come out. We had a meeting and my life changed from there. Within a week, I was uh, pitching 20 investors in, in a room. I almost, Steve, yo, this was no joke. First of all, I had never met my business partner in person. So the first time we met, he lived in Minnesota. He, I call him my brother now. He, he's my best friend. And um, I'd never met him in person. He lived in Minnesota. He was uh, our CTO and I lived in Los Angeles. And we both came to San Francisco <laughs> to insane. pitch this room of investors. And, um, and well, what after, was the hook though? Yeah. I, I gotta understand, what was the hook? Like what, what got them to, what did you say? What got them to take yeah. the meeting? Because like, it's one thing to send the email and then it's another thing to be like, I sent an email. So, yeah. you know, they should be expecting me. And then when that person walked out, what, what was the, what was the pitch? I mean, like there's all sorts of different things like Sam, Brown, uh, Sam Horn has something that she calls the eyebrow test which to this day she spoke actually on my stage uh, in 2012 in an event that I used to do called Internet Profits Live, P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S, Live. Uh, and, she, and I remember from her presentation, I remember it to this day, she talked about something called the eyebrow test, which means that your goal in the first 10, 15 seconds of meeting someone is to get them to kind of raise their eyebrows and go, hmm, interesting, tell me more, right? And so some people might call that the hook. And I know Russell Brunson teaches the hook story offer framework, and, and that you know certainly works as well. Do you remember what the hook was? Do you remember how you passed that eyebrow test and got to that next step? 
I do. Are you guys ready for this? And for all the wonderful, amazing, powerful women in this room, the hook was me. My drive and my charisma and my dedication to be an outstanding entrepreneur really stood out. And so the hook was my willingness to take risks and to do the impossible. And I know that sounds wild, but it's, some, it's a core lesson I've learned in my journey is we think if we write the right pitch deck or presentation or this and that, that that's what someone's looking for. But what an investor is looking for first is they're looking for the team. And why is this the team to take the company where the company needs to go? And sometimes that team isn't as skilled or experienced as you think they need to be. But if that leadership team has drive, dedication, I mean, the world, like, you guys have no idea how much I sacrificed at the time. Sacrifice all these things, all these elements of, um, of a tenacious entrepreneur, that, that is a hook in itself. And so, and it's a very fine line between being respectful and being driven and being pushy and obnoxious. And so I'd like to think that I'm not pushy and obnoxious, but I understand how to provide value and how to, and how to deliver and how to deliver. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's just a great story in terms of well, one of the things that I teach is that at the end of the day, people buy energy and clarity sells, right? And so the energy gets you in the door and it gets their attention and they might be like, oh man, yeah, let me pay attention to this person. But at some point you still have to have clarity around what it is that you're, that you're putting forth to, to an investor, putting forth to the world, whatever it might be. And so from, from that standpoint, great, they, they, they bought into it, but venture capitalists, they, they are what I call smart money. These people are not just throwing around checks. I know it seems like they're just throwing around checks, just an idea comes and like, ah, here's a billion, here's 500 million. You know, you guys just go do what you need to do. That, that's not how they operate at all. They, they do a ton of due diligence. They, they are really, really smart, I believe, about who they cut checks to and they want to give themselves... The, the, the largest possibility, the highest likelihood of turning those checks into more checks, right? So what was the, the basic idea, so to speak, that when you finally got them into a room, what, what was the promise? And, and how much did you ask for and what was the valuation if you're able to share any and all of that? Man, it's, it's, it's so hard. Steve, my nerves that day. So I was going to say, first of all, uh, a piece that I don't want to leave out because it's one of my favorite pieces. Well, a couple elements. One, when I was leaving, he said, thank you for taking a chance, for taking a risk. So he was really impressed that I did something insane. Um, two, he found my email by the time I got back to my friend's house and he started making introductions. So he proactively sought out my email and then like started making introductions for me. And then the day that I, the night before that I was pitching, and at this point I had my team come into San Francisco, my business partner flew into San Francisco, or I should say Silicon Valley, and we were, um, and, and it was the night before, my mom's a memory expert. So I stayed up most of the night with my mom on the phone, memorizing every investor's name so that I could look in the, in the eye and say their first name when I was pitching. Then I pitched, uh, and I had whatever, I'm sure it was the ugliest thing ever, Steve, whatever like PowerPoint deck or whatever, like number, we think financial forecasting is like real, please. It's just like 
we're all dreaming. We don't know what's going to happen. We could only do that. The outcome is really out of our control. The thing that we have within our control is the action we take, right? And so, but in all these decks, we have financial forecasting of like what our dreams are and all this stuff. I'm sure that, you know, I had all the same thing like everybody else, except a lot uglier because I don't know design for anything. And um, within seconds of being done, when I walked out of the room, it's the only time in my life I, uh, I almost fainted. Like my nerves were so high and it was such um, an overwhelming, stressful experience and such a high pressure experience that, that I, I felt really sick and I almost fainted. And then I, I legitimately slept for, I think, a day and a half after that. So I don't even remember what was in the deck, <laughs> to be <laughs> candid. Um, I just remember how I felt. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And then actually, interestingly enough, what I also learned, because Sequoia connected me with my initial mentors, um, they taught me, you know, okay, you need to have, <laughs> you need to have a proposal, you need to have this, you need to have that, you know, mm -hmm. all these things that I had no idea about. And so um, after they connected me, I started to learn that when you take invest, when you partner with an investor, it's exactly that it's a partnership, it's a strategic alliance. So you're not just taking money you're buying into a relationship and you're buying into like what they could do for you and also the type of relationship that you'll have with your company because depending on the investor if you go for an angel if you go for a venture capitalist if you go for um private money like if you go for family you know everything has a different relationship and uh looks differently so what i learned in that situation is it's just as important to form uh, to take money from the right strategic investors, not just the money itself. So I ended up actually raising money, and this is a different story, which I could get into as well. It's also without connections or anything. Mm -hmm. I think it's very interesting to stay on topic. Yeah. Um, from one of the largest action sports film distributors. Um, they're, they're the ones I ended up um, doing uh, an investment with, and they were my strategic partners because I had an action sports company and nobody knew the industry better than they did. Um, they were huge investors in other action sports companies and so that's where I ended up going because that made the most sense for me and if you'd like I could get into like how I ended up meeting them which is wild and serendipitous and without any connections as well yeah <laughs> yeah I mean we'll, we'll definitely get to that for sure I just want to do a quick hello here for folks who are who are just jumping in to hang out with Esprit Devora and myself Steve Olsher I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of podcast magazine you're hanging out with us here in club pod uh, if you're not a member of Club Pod, we'd love to have you join us. We have conversations around podcasting and podcast culture and just the world of podcasts pretty much every day going on multiple times a day. Just put your little thumb on that greenhouse there and join us. And of course, you're welcome to invite others to join us as well. And if you're not following Esprit uh, Devora, please make sure that you do. Uh, just put your thumb on her little face there and make sure you're following Esprit. Uh, and then, of course, follow me as well, which we would love. And lots of people with celebration symbols. So good to see you guys hanging out here uh, in Clubhouse. Hope you're enjoying the Clubhouse experience. We are doing this as a live episode here of Reinvention Radio, which is my show. Uh, we are recording. So when we open this up for questions, if you come up on stage, just know that you are giving us permission to record you. Uh, of course, if you do not want to be recorded, then please do not come up on stage. And let me just again make sure here. So yeah, so the questions, so the so you can raise your hand. Uh, that is open. We'll be bringing people up here uh, as well. Let, let me just give you, Esprit, the opportunity to share 
uh, a little bit out, uh, about where that landed. So did, did you actually raise money from the Sequoia team when all was said and done? Uh, or did you end up raising money elsewhere? Did you go on to another venture? Just want to make sure we close the loop on that. Sure. So I learned via the mentorship provided by Sequoia that it is best to have a strategic investor in addition to money and around the same uh, time span is when I ended up serendipitously meeting the people that I did end up raising from um, because they were a better strategic partner. Um, at the time, Sequoia had recently invested in a motocross company, so but they didn't like they, you just can't compete with an action sports film distribution company when I had the first action sports social network and I was building a media company. That was just, it was just a no brainer. Mm -hmm. Like they just understood my culture and uh, my community. Yeah. All right. So let's let's do this. So for those folks who are thinking about like, hey, I, I, I've got a great idea. Don't really know how to, to raise money or, you know, I just don't have any of the connections. Give Give us the... 30-second high-level strategies around what, what are some of the things that they should think about doing first? So first of all, life is, uh, life is about taking chances and also just taking action. Chances and action. The more, my mom has this saying, and I love it. She says, every no is one step closer to a yes. I know one um, female founder who had 100-plus rejections from getting funded and then ended up raising money from, I believe it was Expedia or something like that, like a really big company, right? And so rejection doesn't mean you're rejected forever. I mean, even, what is it, the Tom Hanks movie, what, what, what's the famous movie he's in? That script was rejected a million times before like, it got a... What, no, 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 the, the, the one where he's running forever. <laughs> oh, God, Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah. That one, so yeah. That, yeah, that script was rejected a ton of times. So rejection up front one time, a hundred times does not mean rejected forever. It's all about taking chances and taking consistent action. And you have no control over the outcome. So as long as you continually take consistent action and you have your list of why opportunities are mutually valuable, it's not you need to do this for me, or it's not, can you do this for me? It's how is this opportunity mutually valuable for the both of us? And what does it look like to get there? And just provide that many experiences for as many people as possible, and you'll get that much closer to your goal. Yeah, I love that. So talk, talk about the Women in Tech uh, podcast and, and, and just where they want to understand, like what, what's the overriding goal, the overriding objective as far as that show is concerned? And what what what's your take here let's just talk about clubhouse versus podcasts and 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 can they live side by side can they coexist are we are we looking at the demise here of podcasts because of what's going on with clubhouse but definitely want to ask that and then let's start with the question around uh, women in tech and just what what you're trying to accomplish there Sure. So with Women in Tech, I've interviewed uh, women in over 100 countries. Um, Pre-pandemic, I would fly to every single country, which I will continue to do once, once flying is okay to do again. And so um, I've been to Bosnia, Kazakhstan, Malaysia, across the U.S., um, Canada. Like, I mean, I've just been to as many places as I could possibly go. What really brings me joy is discovering the undiscovered. I don't want to just celebrate 
everyone you see every day on a magazine or a, a book author or a leader in a, a popular tech company. I'd like to celebrate that girl at the engineering school in Bosnia who wouldn't have any tie to America had I not flown to her school, her small school. Engineering school in Bosnia. That really excites me to be able to give women opportunities, to hear that they've raised money by being on my podcast, to hear that they've made partnerships, to hear that people have flown to their geographic location to work for their companies. It's absolutely extraordinary that a podcast can create so much positive impact for founders and tech professionals around the world. I mean, it's amazing. And so I look forward to continuing to do that. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the goal of my show is for listeners to walk away feeling if she can do it, so can I. And I'm so proud of that. And I think I have successfully accomplished that. I produce three episodes a week, which is crazy. It's 12 episodes a month. It used to be every day, but our listeners said that they couldn't keep up with all our episodes. <laughs> so now I do three a week. And um, it's just, it's, it's work that I'm really proud of because I think it inspires women with what one of my biggest pain points has always been, and that's to believe in ourselves. Because basically, if we could expand our mindset to believe something is possible, then it will become possible. But if we don't believe something is possible, we're, that's the first limitation we have right there. And Sometimes things aren't going to go our way. Sometimes, or a lot of times, things aren't going to go our way. But then it's about like having the right mindset to overcome those those obstacles in order to to see the the opportunity on the other side. So, that's that's a little bit about women in tech. I got really excited because I just mm -hmm. saw a few of my favorite founders pop into the room. So, you guys know who you are, and right. I. Uh, and I'm if you want to ask us for your question, quest, you know, raise your hand. Come on up. We'd love to have you here because it's a rare opportunity. Yeah. There you go, Robin. See, I saw that as soon as I said it. Thank you for that. So, yeah, come on up and just mute yourself when you come on up. We'll open it up here. And some of your favorite founders, I'd love to hear from them uh, as well. So let, let's talk I'm about. I'm literally sitting, Steve, I'm sitting here smiling, giddy, seeing their faces. So this is very exciting. Good. Yeah. Well, good. It's good to have your friends here. And, and welcome to Club Pod if this is your first time hanging out with us in Club Pod. Uh, I'm Steve Olsher. Welcome, welcome. Sitting down with this breed of Aura today of women in tech. And let's let's go to the question before we get to Marcel and Robin. Let, let's go to the question. You have a storied history and, and you've been doing a lot of things here in the world of tech. I mean, like myself, I launched a store on CompuServe's Electronic Mall in 1993. I mean, that's how long I've been online. That company became Liquor.com when I bought that domain in 98. Eventually sold it to Barry Dealers IAC in 2019. So, I've been on a line a long time. I have yet to see something that is quite as sticky in terms of what we've got going on here with Clubhouse. And the engagement levels obviously are, are, are through the roof. Is this sustainable? I don't know. We'll see, I guess, right? I mean, only time will tell. But one of the things that we do need to talk about, and I'd love to get your take on a spree before we go to Marisol and then, uh, and then Robin. What is your take on how Clubhouse potentially can impact the medium of podcasts. Is there anything to be concerned about in your opinion? Will this lead to the, to the demise of podcasts? I actually was talking to the guy yesterday from Barstool. I had him on. Uh, higher up, senior VP. Man, that guy was doomsday. Like He was like, we have reached the peak as far as podcasters are concerned. This, this is the beginning of the end. As far as pod, like like that guy, like if like, you know how you walk into the room and like everything goes dark, some like that when that guy walks into a room, a podcast room, like the lights shut off, the wind starts blowing and it gets really cold really fast. 
that's how I felt when this guy was talking. So, Esprit, what's your take on that? And uh, again, if you'd like to join us up here on stage, just raise your hand and we'll, we'll get to some questions as well. If, if Clubhouse is taking out podcasting, that means Twitch is taking out Netflix. <laughs> so I think that they're two different experiences. Go ahead, Steve. I saw you unmute for a second. No, no, no. That was applause. <laughs> um, I think they're two different experiences. When I'm on Clubhouse, um, and I don't know if this is the same experience for all of you listening, but when I'm on Clubhouse, I feel like I have to be an active listener, meaning I have to be ready, ready to be called on, ready to listen, ready to something. When I'm listening to a podcast, it's an auditory experience. Now, yes, both of them are auditory experiences in, in their own style, but the auditory experience uh, of a podcast has a very specific intent, and I feel like I can listen passively but still absorb retaining the information whereas on clubhouse i feel like i have to be looking at my phone i feel like i have to be ready to go on i feel like i have to be ready to remove a a, a notification to, to speak potentially or be ready to raise my hand you know it's active listening and which can sometimes be a bit taxing right and so i don't I particularly think that they both have their own place. What I love about audio social networking is it's so much more intimate and you could form these great, meaningful relationships. Clubhouse has gifted me, and I believe all of us, the opportunity ha- to have these extraordinary friendships that we wouldn't have had order, uh, otherwise. And we've accelerated rapport with people we wouldn't have met otherwise. That's not something that could happen in the same way on podcasting with podcasting. But with a podcast, you could produce this eloquent story. You could have, you know, scripted podcasts. You could have entertainment podcasts. You could have business podcasts. And like, it's just active listening versus passive listening, I feel like. And, um, and I think there's so many different, like I was saying, styles of podcasts that I just, I think there's room for both, but I'm also a person that believes in abundance and I'm an optimist that think there's enough space for everybody, so. Yeah, I love that. All right, let's uh, let's give some folks the opportunity to ask you or their questions, and I and I know you've got a hard stop coming up in uh, in just a little bit, so give us a heads up when we get really really close. Marisol or Marisol, I don't want to butcher your name there. Yes. How do you pronounce okay. it? Marisol. There, I wasn't even close. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> what, what's exactly. your question? In, a, in a Spanish, it translate Mar as the ocean and Sol is the sun oh. oh the ocean and the sun oh that's awesome all right let's uh let's okay. fire away with a question not too much background so we can get to some more folks here please uh so fire away with your question for esprit please so in the okay uh, can i just get a bit of background of where my question comes from i'd actually so, prefer if you just ask the okay. question first and then if we Perfect. need the background we'll ask for it okay so women in technology i i, I wrote a paper for Davos, for davos uh, about the yeah, how to how to find the network where you fit, right? And and I find a little bit. Um, let me just ask you to do it. Let me ask you just to fire away with a question, okay. and then if we need what more background, think, we'll ask for it, please. Okay. What do you think of the bias of uh, the market versus the technology that women are supposed to be in? The bias of the market versus the technology women are supposed to be in. Yes. Who's who's saying who's supposed to be in what? Exactly. So it's uh, it's something like when we come into women in technology, there is a market that we are more prepared of according to the volume of women that has been getting experience, for example, in the health industry or in I the- think I think Marisol, what's important to think about is your journey 
how can you create the most opportunity for yourself? And if yeah. you want to take an activist role to make more space for others, like I've done with my podcast, what can you do to elevate others to continue to carry the conversation and empower people and not to focus on at least I, I I'm not going to tell you what to do, but for me, I don't focus on any limitation. I like to say if there was only 1% of light through a door, just 1%, 100% of my attention is going to focus on the 1% of light. And that's how I live my life. I love that. Hopefully that's helpful for you. Let's go to Robin. Robin, what's your question? Esprit! <laughs> uh, you know, I love you. Um, so this is awesome that you're doing this. So I had to jump on and support you, of course. Um, but I'm going to ask you a question as well, because I'd love your thoughts on this. Um, so you know that I'm working on up level and I've had a pretty good run in terms of speakers all last year from J July all the way through to December. It's been a little bit choppy to try and find speakers this first quarter of 2021, um, I have a full-time job now, which I'm super grateful for, but you know, and I'm sure, you know, right. Like the juggle between, you know, what's paying the bills versus, you know, your, your passions, your aspirations and, you know, your side hustle. So I'm just wondering how you would go about, um, finding additional speakers. You know, I've been doing it every week. I don't know if it makes sense to continue it every week. Um, just feeling really bogged down. I have connected with a ton of people on Clubhouse. I found one of my speakers on Clubhouse a couple of weeks ago. So that was awesome. So I'd just be curious to get your thoughts on this because I know, you know, in terms of you, like, you know, booking your podcast, you know, finding speakers, doing all of that, I'm sure it's very similar. So I would love your thoughts and suggestions. So do you know a couple resources? Do you know the site uh, matchmaker.fm? Oh, no, not at all. So I would use matchmaker.fm. Um, and essentially, I would find uh, the either the sites like Matchmaker that already have a network of people looking to be featured, or I would make a list and create a work block where every single, so I have a work block 10, 15 to nine uh, to 11 AM Pacific standard time. Every single day is my 45 minutes of dedicated outreach. And so depending on what I'm working on, that's when I do the dedicated outreach. I also have another work block on a different day for uh, social engagement with journalists, right? So I just create work blocks in my calendar. And then if I get to as much as I get to in that 45 minutes, and then after that it's done and I move on to whatever I had, uh, you know, in my schedule. And so a combination, if it's right for you, creating a, a set work blocks to do the, the action that you need to do and to do it consistently. Um, a great resource to, for accountability is go, go done back groups. So they provide you the, the, the work block time and you don't have to think about it. Um, so that's gogodone.com, which is also female founded, which is really cool or utilize sites like matchmaker or connect with other event organizers a really great hack and robin i feel like you know this one is like anybody coming out with a book is definitely surefire and as many places for publicity as possible um connect with media publications i see we have people um you know in the audience who have media publications connect with them see if they have anybody that they recommend there's like great media publications like dot la and 
and just there there's tech cocktail there's amazing amazing media publications and i know that you know these already so just look different people that are featured in different articles but i know it takes time so i think it's the work blocks or finding sites like matchmaker that provides you the talent okay that sounds good thank you i appreciate it oh one more suggestion if yeah. you reach out to lemonpie.fm they have a roster of um people like amazing people that want to be featured on their podcast and on podcasts and speakers chat to lemon pie you may be able to find uh speakers through them as well lemonpie.fm okay yeah, those awesome. are great resources for sure Thank you. robin let me um and, and let me just offer one more thing here um yes so and, and all of those suggestions are great there's also things like perfect podcast guests and those sort of things you always find lots of speakers on you know in those sort of uh, environments as well i'm actually going to suggest something that's kind of the antithesis of this because a lot of what you're talking about feels outbound to me and like you're reaching and you're reaching and you're reaching and you're just, you're consistently having to try to bring people into your world. I prefer as opposed to, to kind of be in the moss flying around and trying to catch the moss. Like I prefer be in the flame and, and do what you got to do to get people to want to come to you. Right. So like podcast magazine is a perfect example of that. I would look to see if there is the opportunity for you to create something. And yes, it takes time. Yes, it takes energy. Yes, it takes effort. But in the long run, it'll pay massive dividends for you. Like for us with Podcast Magazine, that's how we became the hub of the wheel, right? That's really how we became part of the conversation that we weren't normally a part of. And I think that's all of our goals, right? Is to really try to figure out how to dominate the conversation that we most want to be a part of so that we're in conversations even when we're not present in the room. So I would actually suggest that you think about it the other way around, which is what can you create that will attract the people that you want to connect with to come to you as opposed to you're always having to do outbound and outreach. So just a little bit of a spin on that. Yeah, no. And correct me if I'm wrong. So, cause what I've been doing also as I've been the one that's actually been the speaker. So I've been trying to actually showcase myself at least once a month. So one is because I thought, why not? Because I have something to give as well, you know, um, just based on my experience. So is your suggestion in a sense of maybe to build that thing around me? So like I become the flame and then that's where I'm building value from. And then that's kind of where I create the interest. Potentially. And, and that's, okay. Yeah. Potentially. And Ro Robin, I will say this, like Steve's right. Like for, I have a year wait list to be on the women in tech podcast. I, I don't have, I don't have to reach out in that way. Like I have such overflow with both We Are LA Tech and Women in Tech. So get your place, uh, yourself to a place where, yeah, it's totally possible to have people just your inbox is so crowded you don't even know what to do. Yeah. 100%. And I'm happy to support you and get you. Yeah. Hope that helps, okay. Robin. Yes, yeah. it does. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. If you guys are just joining us, we're hanging out here in Club Pod today. Do a quick reset of the room. Please make sure that you're following Esprit Devora from Women in Tech, uh, one of the original faces there of the Clubhouse icon and image there. It's so very cool to have you here. Uh, my name is Steve Olsher, founder, editor-in-chief of Podcast Magazine and creator of Club Pod. We'd love to have you join us here. Just put your little thumb on that greenhouse if you're not yet a member. And, uh, of course, bring other people in as well. Uh, on another note, if you are unfamiliar with Podcast Magazine, or if you are familiar with it, but you're not yet a subscriber, we'd love to have you join us for that journey as a way of saying thank you for hanging out with us here in Club Pod. If you simply go to clubpod.club, it's a private backdoor link. You can grab a free lifetime subscription 
to the magazine. We'd love to have you join us for that. All right, Nancy, what is going on, my friend? And then we'll go to Samara. You got to unmute yourself if you are there. If not, I will give you three, two, one, and then we'll go over to Samara. Hi, how's hey. everybody? Awesome, awesome. Right before, right, right before Samara goes, and by the way, Steve, I extended my my live that I'm about to do, so I have a little more time. Everybody in the room, if you're not subscribed to Podcast Magazine, <clears throat> go to Podcast Magazine and subscribe right now. I don't understand what you're doing. It is literally the iconic magazine to follow if you're in podcasting and want to be up to date on what's happening in the podcast industry news. This is Steve did not ask me to say that. I True. just come on now. All right, that's all. Yeah, <laughs> clubpod.club. We make it really simple so for you. Thank I you for that. So I am actually proud to say I subscribed this morning because I did a club pod with Ron, and I actually contacted him directly through Instagram because I was blown away by the energy and enthusiasm. It was so contagious. This is one of the absolute best clubs. Aww. I just joined three days ago, and I'm obsessed. So I think Clubhouse is a blessing and a a curse because um, we're <laughs> Thank on you for it that, all by day the way. and night and. <laughs> so i think that's a bit of an issue we'll all have to deal with um withdrawal Club, clubhouse anonymous are. that is the group that i am forming next <laughs> i'm in the group and i'm <laughs> i will help you with that <laughs> thank you so a little background um uh-uh. I let's go straight to the question i'm gonna give you the question yes i know actually i did yes hear that. thank you sorry i was making kids lunches <laughs> um oh, good. okay so i had two questions if you only want to touch on one is it one question with um, two parts or two totally separate questions one question with two parts. <laughs> Let's start with the first part of the first question. You're the one who led with that. You shouldn't <laughs> give me that option. Um, so my company, Actionista Live, um, is a fairly new venture. And I started off with podcasts by being a guest on a podcast. And then the chemistry was so great with the host and I, who I've known for years, that he brought me in as a special guest and now co-host. Um, but he's trying to train me to start my own podcast, something I had no desire to do. And now I'm like gung ho in. Um, so I'm creating what I need for that. Um, so the, que- the thing is that I have two podcast ideas. One would be Actionista Live. And then the other is very family geared um, because I also have a 10 year old kidpreneur. I'm um, sensing the question is coming right now. It is. So when do you go from Se- well, first of all, do you recommend doing it all as one or two separate? And when do you go from building that foundation and experience um, online and then start charging clients? Because actually, Salive is a marketing, publicity, media business. So, Samar, this is like a really big question, and it's something I 100% support you in, but I feel like it's too big to answer right now. And I'd have to ask you a lot of questions. I can. And I only have. Yeah. Okay. May I? All right. So here, here's here's what I would do, and this is and it's a great question, and thank you for asking this because I know this is on a lot of people's minds. Very simple. What conversation do you most want to be a part of? You have to be able to answer that question in one or two words. If you walk into a conference room and there are twenty different tables, and there's a table tent on each table, each table uh, each table tent has a single word on it: marketing, family, podcasting, you name it. Right? Single word on each table. You can only sit at one table by the law of physics and whatever. I'm not a scientist, but you know, the two physical objects cannot occupy the same space, right? Period. End story. You cannot sit at two tables. You can only sit at one table. Which table do you choose? What is the word on that table tent? When you can get that specific and you then understand the conversation that you most want to be part of, 
You will then figure out how to dominate that conversation. For us, we can answer that question in one word, podcasting. So the question is, how did we become the hub of the wheel in terms of the, the industry of podcasting, right? That's an, everything else defaults to that. If you just simply remember that question, what conversation do I most want to be a part of? And if it's not that one word or two words max, you're too scattered. So I would say answer that question and that's where you focus. Love it. And can you have multiple audiences? Nope. Okay. I mean, you can, but but you're going to, yeah, but it's one table, right? So at the end of the day, there's obviously you break it down underneath that one word a little bit so you can get a little bit clearer. For us, it's podcast fans. We do attract podcasters, but we really want to be more along the lines of of, uh, of Sports Illustrated for sports or for Wired for technology or for, you know what I mean, or Rolling Stone for music. Like that's that's our focus. There's a lot of great industry publications out there, you know, Podcast Business Journal. That's not who we want to be. Gotcha. Thank you. You're welcome. Steve Gold, love it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. And I could keep going, but let's get to Simon because um, I also have a hard stop in just a little bit here and I want to get to... Actually, Nancy, you unmuted. You came back. Hello, Nancy. You're back. What's up? Hi. hi. Yes, no, I was here. I just couldn't find the mute. <laughs> oh, good. What's your question? <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't really have a question as much as a comment. I wanted to say thank you to you and Esprit both. The energy is amazing. I was in that room yesterday and I was dying to have a comment then because it, uh, the fellow that you mentioned, he was, it was just such a heavy downer. And my comment on that was... You're talking about I, the uh, the guy from Barstool who came up and basically just became the, uh, the Grim Reaper of podcasts? Absolutely. Yeah. And I really, I'm a really totally positive person also. And I don't, I think there's room for both. I am an, a real good example of that because I have connections with influencers that I've not really um, taken to the level that I can. I've not fully used my resources. My podcast, I've actually paused because I've got some rebranding to do in that, but, um, but I'm in a tight, tight niche. It's just that it's finding the speakers. This, this would may, maybe be a question that you guys can answer. The speakers that I'm drawing are, it's a service dog field. And, um, you know, I kind of stand alone because nobody's really out there doing what I was doing education-wise on that podcast. And I wanted conversation around that because people come to me all the time about it. But it's not truly my heart center. So it's like I need to personally brand in terms of the book that I'm writing and then speaking. Um, But I loved to, Steve, I have to say what you just said about the table. That was fabulous because I have been paired with a service dog. That's where I, I always end up. Yeah. But I love to talk about, um, you know, personal development in that. And and when you talk about service dogs. Now, your opportunities about- in service dogs, stay in that lane and call it a day. Like, I mean, there's there's such an opportunity there. It's not even funny. And, and we all yeah. want to try to branch out and make it more complicated than it is. Stay in that lane, dominate that niche, become the icon of influence in that discussion. And you're good to go. Yeah, I mean, you're really good oh, to go. Oh, wow. That's Wow, Steve, thank you. That's fabulous because I just need ten percent. All I ask for is ten percent moving forward. I don't I'm not greedy. Ten percent is fine. It's all I need. No, 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 seriously, but that's that's really where the opportunity is in my opinion. Yeah, and and uh, see for me, I just wanted to bring the conversation that when you talk service dogs, you're talking about a team. So you are talking to people, you are talking about personal development. Sure. You can talk about trauma. You can talk about a lot of things around service. You can, but the, but the hook, you got to have a hook. You got to have a way in and and you can always, you know, it's like, you know, you basically sell them what they want so you can give them what they need. I mean, just, it boils, it boils straight back down to that. 
Well, that's helpful. I, I, because I, I'm going around the whole culture of it. It's called Service Dog Nation, and I even have a product on. Uh, you should uh, totally, totally look at our Icon Maker program because that's what we do. I mean, we turn people into icons of influence in their niche. So you should. Okay, well, I'm, st- yes. I'm going to subscribe because I've been following rooms with you anyway. So sweet. Definitely. And what was that program you Steve Olsher.com slash Icon Maker. Icon Maker. Yep. Will do. Yep. All right, my okay, friend. Let's go to you. Simon. We're going to run out of time here. I want to get to Simon and uh, Jamila and Phil, and let's then we'll do, let this breathe. Yep. Let's do a rapid fire Please. because yep. I just pushed my next talk 15 minutes, and I can't right. push it much more. <laughs> All right. There we go. Yep. Rapid fire question. Simon, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you, Esprit. Thank you, Steve, for all the wonderful work you've been doing on this platform and really uh, uh, all, all over the world. I'm from Kenya. I live in Seattle, Washington, and I've been a podcaster since May last year. I'm planning to scale my podcast and become uh, an authority in podcasting in the African diaspora and also in Africa. This is because of the social capital I've been building for the last almost 20 years of working in the community through my mother's orphanage in Kenya and through uh, the work of my nonprofit. Now, the next phase of my podcast is uh, to get it into small, many, many episodes for educating youths and creatives in, in Africa about podcasting and content creation. Simon, can uh, you throw to the question? I just need, we, we got to be respectful of Esprit's time. Yeah. I, I, I need Esprit's advice on how can I create a pitch that is impactful to investors just based on your experience if you wanted to create a program that covers the whole continent because uh, even though podcasting is the future in africa it's going to even be bigger sounds like how you nail down the message yeah Steve, do you want to do you want to take that one? Yeah, I, I mean, look, it just it it really is again probably a more complicated answer than what we're able to do here in in, in this conversation. But the, at the at the end of the day, what you're really talking about is just clarity. People buy clarity, you know, I mean, and that's that's what it is. People buy energy, clarity sells. So you you're just gonna have to get really clear on what the messaging is, really get it dialed in, uh, and ultimately what you're doing in terms of the orphanages and all that other fun stuff. I mean, that's, that's tremendous work and you shouldn't have a problem generating interest if your energy and your passion is behind it, but that not a conversation for here. Actually, what I would recommend you do, there's a lot of great copywriting specific rooms that take place here on clubhouse that might help you get really dialed in with how to position what you're doing and, and get the right copy and get the right language and going. So I, I would actually start looking up some of those, Simon, let's go to Jamila, uh, popcorn real quick here, and then we'll go to Phil and then we'll wrap. Thanks. Pleasantries. Question. I host a terrestrial radio show called the Sex, Politics, and Religion Hour in Washington, D.C. Quarter million listeners a week. I want to transition the radio show to do more content, turn it into a podcast. I'm wondering if you have recommendations about platform. People are saying, Jamila, you should do YouTube I'm confused. Would love your advice. I'm saying, Jamila, you should do Clubhouse right here, right now. When we exit out of this thing, this is actually a podcast episode. So this is a phenomenal opportunity for you to create shows on the fly. Uh, Of course, you can schedule them. I would highly recommend you are here. You are an early adopter. You are in the 1% of the people that will be using this platform. Eventually, you're in that first 1%. I mean, again, 6 million people on the platform. I think it's realistic for us to get to 600 million people on this platform. You're in the top 1% right at the beginning. Say it again. Monetization monetization here, though? Absolutely, 100%. 
100%. We can't get into that today. We'll be doing a lot of those rooms here in Club Pod, but there is absolutely huge monetization opportunities here in Clubhouse. 100%. Thanks much. You are welcome much. All right, Phil, popcorn style, and then we'll let us re-jump. Hey, cool. Thanks, Steve. And good day, Esprit. Um, I just want to make a comment, Steve, because of the time frame. The first meeting had with a VC, Esprit. Um, Steve asked you the question about what happened at that moment. And before that, Steve, you mentioned uh, energy and clarity. I think it'd be really good to dig into exactly what did happen in that moment. You said your nerves were up there, but there would have been a strategy. There would have been something about you letting go and expressing who you really were. And I think that's something that needs to be probably followed up later on, Steve. Yeah, I don't know if it's pretty, you wanted to just a quick synopsis of what happened and then, uh, and then we'll wrap. I mean, Phil, I kept on sweating. I kept on sweating profusely and telling my business partner that I was crazy. And he said, you have to do it for us. You are the symbol of the people. I think Phil, to answer your question as directly as possible is I have always been so in touch with my why and my purpose with everything that I do from my company to my podcast, to every email I send to every relationship that I have. And I come at everything from a mutually beneficial perspective. And so, uh, so when I walked in that door, it wasn't, what can you do for me? It's how can we elevate one another? Does that help? Yeah, that's fantastic. Thanks to Spree. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Phil. All right. Love that. Spree, any final thoughts? I know you got to jump. I know we went longer than you anticipated us going here, which is greatly appreciated. And uh, thanks so much for your time. Any last words, my friend, before we wrap this episode of Reimagine Radio here in Club Pod? Yeah, just I think something I shared with my girlfriend Holly years ago is your intuition is your oracle. So as you go through your journey and figure out, you know, which choices to make, remember that as a professional, the most powerful thing you could do is to be decisive and that your intuition is your oracle in making those quick decisions. And sometimes things are going to work out and sometimes they're not. But I really believe in the word pronoia, which I actually learned from a woman in tech podcast guest. Pronoia is the opposite of paranoia. It means everything is happening for you so even if you think you perceive you lost an opportunity in the big scope of things it's probably happening to benefit you in some larger way that you're just not aware of yet and definitely be sure to connect with me on social totally linked in my bio and i look forward to being supportive and hearing more about your journey yeah and if people want to connect with you and they're not on clubhouse right now what where should they go for listening to the podcast Sure. Go to Esprit at hey.com. That's Esprit at H-E-Y.com to shoot me an email or at Esprit Devora on all social. E-S-P-R-E-E-D-E-V-E like Victor O-R-A. Awesome. All right, my friend, we are going to let you jump. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here in Club Pod. Remember, in Club Pod, we do talk about podcasts, the world of podcast culture, podcasting in general, pretty much every day here on Clubhouse. And so, Thanks for if you're listening to the podcast edition of this. Thank you for that. Do try to join us live. If you're here in Club Pod with us live, definitely check out Reinvention Radio and all of the other episodes there. And don't forget, you can grab a free lifetime subscription to Podcast Magazine as a way of saying thank you for being here and listening at clubpod.club. Make sure you follow a spree. Before Woo! we jump off here, give me a follow as well and join us in Club Pod if you're not already. We will leave it at that. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you guys next time here on Reinvention Radio. Take care, everybody. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit reinventionradio.com.